Dumb dog have gone where no Irish club has ever been before. You're very welcome to episode five of LOI Weekly. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a different show this week, unfortunately. It's been a devastating week for the entire Irish football family with the deaths on Sunday of Ryan McBride. And we're just, I suppose, still dealing with that in the League of Ireland. And we've uh, a special show tonight in which we'll honour his memory and talk to one of the players who had the misfortune of often marking him in Kevin McHugh, uh, the former Finn Harps legend. We'll also talk to Simon Madden, who spent time at Derry, of course, is now at Rovers. And we'll talk about his memories of being in uh, the same team as the Colossus that was Ryan McBride. And later on in the show... We will have to get on with the life of football um, and Cork City are going to play Dundalk and what's going to be an amazingly um, competitive game, but a slightly different one, I feel, on Saturday. We're with Independent.ie and Air Sports and we are on Twitter, LOI Weekly, uh, and I'm joined as ever by Daniel MacDonald from the Irish Independent and also Kevin McDade of Drive 105 who penned a beautiful article uh, on Ryan during the week that you can find on Independent.ie. Dan, it's um, it's been a week that's, you know, the old cliche putting things into perspective, but it really has hit Irish football hard. Uh, this this whole yeah. sad episode. Yeah, no, it's it is devastating. I think it's <clears throat> it's 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 sort of hard to articulate sort of what a shock it is, and you know, it's it's the the shock that's felt by. I suppose people were sitting here in Dublin talking about it, and you know, we've seen the range of tributes from other players around the league. Um, you know, players, managers, some wonderful tributes by people who just respected him. I suppose as a, you know, as a player, as an opponent, as a sort of a real prominent figure within the league. And then you imagine that, and and take the sort of scale of those tributes, and then sort of multiply it when you listen to, um, the stories from Derry, from the people who knew him well, from as you said, from from Kevin who's here, the, the wonderful piece, and several others from I suppose people who covered the. The Derry beat on a regular basis because it just for, for you know for whatever reasons just its geography whatever it might be um you know sometimes you know in Dublin or further afield we don't necessarily always uh, know the Derry players or even indeed some of the other regional sort of clubs and you know Derry is a you know a huge club within its community the players that play for it uh, are very well known particularly when they're local players you know such as Ryan and um it's just there's so many things you can say um we often talk about problems with the league that's uh, you know often something that we we speak about on a regular basis and you know what could be better but also there's some things in the league that are already very good and um i think that connection that you can have between fan and player uh, maybe comparative you know comparable to some other sports i think to have that connection is something very unique and um, particularly you know we always talk about say local heroes and um, wanting fans to identify with players sometimes in a league where players jump from club to club you don't always have that but I think when you have someone like Ryan who's um, synonymous with the club who loved playing for Derry you dreamed of playing for Derry and uh, I think that's why it's just hit people extremely hard and um, just the it's just very difficult to comprehend the, the recency of you know the the sort of the almost some of the best football of his career the fact that you know he scored he's in his last the, two scored, games. You know, scored, yeah, was scored against Dundalk last week and, and Shamrock Rovers you know, a couple of weeks ago and you know, in the sort of prime of his football life. And it's a very surreal discussion to be having in, in that context. And I think it's just it's just you know, it's hit everyone for six completely. 
he was almost from a bygone era as well, wasn't he, in terms of growing up across the pitch um, and basically just wanting to play for his local club and probably had no real designs on playing anywhere else. Um, and I believe there was a bit of interest from across the water. I should introduce Kevin by the opening uh, line of his article. Ryan's ball since 2011. I've heard that shouting grounds across Ireland. And woe betide the attackers or fellow Derry City teammates. I like that. That got in his way. The captain, the Lionheart, the giant that was Ryan McBride. Kevin, you're very welcome. Yeah, it's an unfortunate occasion or sad occasion to be joining you guys. But um, just as yourself and Dan talked about, you know, there's the player on the pitch. But I think a lot of people this week have talked about, you know, his connection to the city and that type of stuff. But, you know, if you were to design an identikit captain for a club, you know, like what would you want? You'd want somebody who's born in the area. You want somebody that had only played for you guys. You would want somebody that wore the heart on their sleeve. You would want somebody that would connect with fans that really could connect to the community. Like, if you were to tick boxes and come up with like how would you design a captain for your club, you end up with what Ray McBride turned out to be. You know, you had someone that started off and it's widely talked about now that played junior football. Like literally Saturday morning, ten o'clock, with guys that have been out drinking the night before. Brandywell Harps was the club, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, so he's turning out as an eighteen year old there playing, you know, summer cups against Derry's under nineteen teams and like he's not in those teams. He's just playing for like his local and Brandywell Harps is it's basically organized around a bar um, and the Brandywell, like many clubs around this country are, you know, where it's just that's the bar set up a team and they play in junior football. Ryan makes that jump. It's not, and like many people have tried to make the jump and it doesn't work out for them. You know, he just comes in under Stephen, blossoms under Declan. You know, Roddy Collins makes him a central part of the team. Peter makes him the captain. You know, Kenny Shields, same, he continues it. And, you know, just back to that point of like him playing some of the best football of his career, he missed a lot of last season. Towards the end of it, he had a, a pelvic injury. And, you know, in pre season, he was saying, look, I'm flying, I'm ready to get going. They really wanted to push on. And, like you two know more of this um this more than most. There's that feeling where you know, football players they nearly sort of they have the elixir of youth. Like yeah. we all appear to get older and they all stay the same age. You know, like players move on, but they're at a point in time in your life and I suppose because it's close to you, you know, Ryan was just a couple of years younger than me. I'd seen him grow up on the team and he just had that so much connection to the fans and to the club around it. You know, as I say, if you were to design a captain for your club, you come up with somebody like Graham McBride. Yeah, because I mean, it is striking, you know, the tributes from other players around the league. You know, Greg Bulger, I think, you know, Patrick Flynn, like words, like sort of warrior and animal. And I think people have just watched Ryan play, say from other clubs, fans of other clubs, to see this guy tearing at the tackles, even, you know, the 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 beard, the the general appearance, the the, the clip going around of him taking down two Cork players. That's and, going to become... Uh, and sending them, you know, going rolling to on the ground. That's going to become his legacy almost. Yeah. But, that type but, but, but I mean, it's the, the contrast between that then and, and speaking to people who, who, do, who did know him a bit, and I've only spoken to him a handful of times after the games, really softly spoken, not really... A confident speaker and I think you touched on that in, in your piece Gabby wasn't necessarily the 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 booming presence say off the park that he was on it yeah completely and, and there's so many stories that you could have on that one so to allude to to Johnny's point about the first line um Roddy Collins who's a big character and like Roddy did a thing when he was in charge where he had an open training session before the preseason so we had your names from RT and stuff came up and yeah. we all went down to it so we ended up playing five aside against the first team Ryan McBride didn't care who you were. Journalist, <laughs> I hope you weren't marking him, were you? I was taken out by Ryan McBride. Right. Um, so that type of stuff. But again, afterwards, it was like, I didn't mean it. The ball was there. It was there to be won. And that was the thing. Like He wasn't treating us any differently because we were just down for one day's training. And just all through it, you know, as I talked about, he wasn't a great man for the mix zone. He knew when he was captain, he had to do it. Like Against yeah. Rovers last week, he scored the goal. He's the guy that you want to speak to. And 
but he's just so proud when he's talking about getting the goal. But he's it's not pride for him. It's like we came down here, we beat Shamrock Rovers. You know, everybody. Stephen Bradley has espoused the idea of they have this useful revolution. Like Ryan McBride's the third oldest player in the Derry team. He's twenty seven. You know, so he was like, we came down here and we won away from home. The one in Tallis still a big achievement. He was just so proud of that. But like outside of it, there are just so many stories. Like even on at the weekend, and it's one of the things really hit me afterwards. Uh, there's a friend of ours, he's a season ticket holder, but he lives in Edinburgh. He's kept a season ticket and he just he came back because it was a Saturday game. He's a teacher, so he could get back for the game. Brought over his Scottish girlfriend and two Scottish friends of his. Um, went to the match, obviously Derry won 4-0. Ryan's work on that night in the bar. Ryan meets them. The Guidor. Yeah. yeah. Pat O'Donnell's in the Guidor. It's like right a joint. in the centre. Right in the centre. Yeah. And like a lot of dairy fans are drink there. So Ryan's behind the bar, comes out, chats away to them, photos the whole thing. It's like this guy, same as the modern generation, we're in a WhatsApp group. And just reading back on my message on Monday, this guy sends a message to the group. Just the, his girlfriend and his friends are raving about Ryan McBride as an individual. The fact they took all his time. He sends this message like three, four o'clock on Sunday. I'm reading that Monday and going like this guy isn't with us anymore and like that was yeah. really the thing. The the suddenness of it was was almost um just impossible to get one's head around in the sense that here was a guy seemingly in his prime now, now Dan you 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 alluded to the fact that um you know he'd he'd ha- he'd come through a tough sort of game a couple of weeks a couple of games previous where um you know he he, he there there were like his Warrior attitude was there right till the end, I suppose. Oh yeah, well, I mean, like he, he, you know, he, I think James McLean used the word, you know, he always put his body on the line for the team, and I think as as Kev's story details, you know, didn't matter whether it was the five aside kickabout with a sort of a, you know, a sort of a very unfit probably yeah. opposition team of hacks or whatever, um, and and I, I think yeah, you talk about people relating to a player and his style of play and 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 that sort of physicality and that you know gone back you know three four years i remember a very serious incident in in oriel park where he was i think he was out cold i think sean barrett referred to it this week he was almost in the ambulance on the way to lord's hospital and Drada, almost you know when he think when he came around almost saying he wanted to go back and get on the pitch for the last mm. you know 10 minutes of the game or whatever it was because they were because they were losing and yeah just that, that throwback element that uh, he wasn't wearing the colored boots you know he was wasn't one for the uh you know some of the uh, even even just the fact in that story, but you know it, like this this sort of dysfunctional League of Ireland thing where like they're a full time club, they're they are full time, but yet you know the you know the these guys aren't earning fortunes. He's still doing the shift in the in the bar on the on the evening of a game, and it, it, you know people can relate to it. I mean that's what I'm, I I know Kevin like you know in recent years say Derry has had mixed fortunes, you know, but it it must mean a lot. To, to have locals involved in that team, particularly someone who grew up overlooking the ground, who actually got it. Because I know there's always a great passive interest in Derry from everyone, but he actually someone who I presume was known by everyone in the in the town, whether they whether they went to the Brandywell or, or not. Oh yeah, you would hear people saying, look, like that's Ray McBray, the place for Derry. You know, even people that didn't go along to Brandywell. But even to your point, like if you're working on a bar, there's nowhere to hide. So like when Derry yeah. weren't going particularly well yeah. under Paul Haggerty or Peter Hutton, and we were struggling at the bottom. Like Ram's still there all the time, and like again, it's great that he's there. But at the same time, that's you're meeting supporters with alcohol on board, having seen their team lose, and like the guy never went hiding. I he always engaged with supporters. Like everybody has a story where look, I can remember Dundalk actually came up and won five 0 on the Brandywell yeah. uh, last season, and he got sent off in the game. And I like people came back and he was like, he just spent the entire night apologizing for getting sent off. You yeah. know, as if that was somehow his fault. But, like, you know, he said, look, I missed time to tackle the red card. But to see Derry getting beat at 5-0 at home really hurt him personally in a way that, you know, some other 
players it might be they're able to brush it off and you guys know where there's guys that can engage they play the 90 minutes and then they can just switch off because they do something else yeah. um whereas for him like it was in the center of the town you know all the stories about him walking to the Brandywell, like his house is between celtic park the gaelic ground and the Brandywell. you know he was just there all the time and you know again it's just his ability to connect to people just was a huge thing of him as an individual yeah, it just is something that um, the more you think about it, I suppose, the harder it is to get your, your head around it. And we're going to go to the Northwest now to Kevin McHugh, who, as I said earlier, had the misfortune of meeting this man on the pitch uh, several times. Kevin retired from football last season after a, a long and pretty brilliant career with Finn Harps. How are you getting on, Kevin? Not too bad, lads. How's things? Not so bad. Um Good. It's 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 difficult to come on a podcast like this and put words to something that defies words, really. But what's the feeling there uh, up in the northwest? And I guess how have the Finn Harps kind of family reacted to what was utterly devastating news last Sunday? Yeah, I suppose first and foremost from the Finn Harps um, background and being part of the Finn Harps coaching setup, like even everybody at our club's devastated. And I think that's the feeling throughout the whole League Ireland circles. They'd love to do more for him and do more for the family. And everybody's put themselves out there. They they offer the family any support and and especially his teammates. Um, and just returning myself from the the wake this evening, I think the overall feeling I would say in the city and especially from his teammates looking at them and um, looking at their faces even tonight, they're all just numb, and the family's numb. And God knows when that's going to wear off. Um, you see such a young man he was fit and he was as fit as I've ever seen him this year and to see somebody like that lying in a coffin is just it's just not right you know it's not and what was the um, there must have been an enormous crowd there tonight it must have been almost difficult to get into the house I would have thought yeah that's exactly whatever you can picture seen like the, the very city uh, farm have been phenomenal and um, if you can just picture his front garden is completely red and white um, with flowers and there's everywhere from the whole way from the bottom of the, the, the Lowmore Road is where the Brandeville starts right and his house is literally a stone throw away from the Brandeville and there's there's jerseys upon jerseys and flowers everywhere it's just like you can just get the feeling as you're walking towards the house you can just see the emotion uh, from the fans and people even leaving the house and walking past you it's just I think people are just still in shock you know yeah I mean it's, I mean, Kevin I know obviously the club has, has had to cope with a lot in recent years I know you were you know very good friends at Mark Farron and, and very much involved in I suppose the fundraising and the the effort around that that entire sort of you know that, that another tragedy um, but, but I suppose you know from that experience that the whole wider community will rally around they will be there for the the family and, and I think even the support from around the league is something that I, I it has to be some source of comfort at this point because they've been through a lot. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, like every every top club in England, from the lower leagues to the top leagues, have been in touch, whether it be it online, and um, you can just you can just see the you can just see the heartfelt stuff from everyone. Um, the the fans themselves, or like from what the club in general had to go through in the last. Five six years with Mark and then the Bonkrana Pier tragedy with young Joshua Daniels um, last year and then obviously this year happening. This I think this was a bigger shock than most because it just happened out of the blue. There was no warning, no nothing. So yeah, that that that, was, that that was it, Kevin, wasn't it? I mean, 
I, I spoke to a Galway United fan um, who would never have met um, Ryan McBride and I never met Ryan McBride and I, I, I spoke to um, Kevin McDade on Sunday night and mm-hmm. I actually found it hard to sleep after it and my friend said the same thing and it, it just, it just there was no sense to it at all and just from your own perspective, I didn't actually see him play that often but the, the amount of accolades that he got, the Warrior was mentioned a lot, what was he actually like to mark? It must have been very well, enjoyable. Well, unfortunately I didn't mark him anymore. He marked me a few times and yeah. marked me physically and other ways. Um, he was was he touched? Touched twice. Hard to describe. He was he was old school as in he literally would have went through to his own teammates to get make sure he got you or the ball. But you gave him time and he could really really play. Um, he was about five ten, five eleven for centre half. That's not big, but he was he was excellent there. Um, very very powerful there and. It's very hard to explain. You would never get the better. I had never got the better in. And I'll say um, anybody listening that's from the Strikers Union, um, definitely I've seen loads of strikers even come online on Twitter and things and Facebook and say definitely the toughest. And they're not saying that because the young fellow's dead. They're saying that because that is true. He was as hard as nails um, in every way you could imagine. And he was very, very quiet on the field. He never, I've never heard him even say boo to his teammates or even speak. He just went about his business, and that's probably what he was captain of the team. He was a leader by what he done on the pitch and talking to his teammates. Like he says, he was, he would have sat in the corner. He was quiet. He, he was always nervous before games. Um, and uh, and when he put on the uh, the cap, when he was given that captaincy a few years back, he just seemed to raise maybe more than any other player because probably it meant so much to him living literally a stone throw away from Zandale, you know. So um it was fantastic to see somebody that got evolved into such a good player and, and then just so devastating to see it taken away from him and bloody weeks, you know, probably start to his best ever season. Kevin, um, it's disappointing that we're talking to you in these circumstances, but good to catch up with you. Uh, let's just hope that you know people in the northwest can rally together as they have many times before, and uh, I guess eventually come around to celebrating his life. Yeah, I suppose that's the way you can you can only do it. Even even just already, we've been we've been talking. I've been talking to another teammate, and the next teammate of his earlier on the phone with Higgins, and we're just saying like how good a fella he was off the field and. How quiet he was, but on the field he was just—he was an enormous character on the field, and I think that's probably why there's been such a reaction. Everybody knows that as well, um, and nobody could really say about it. even the way he would he would have cut you in two on the pitch. He would he wouldn't have said a bad word be off the pitch, you know. And um, you can you can really respect people like that, you know. Kevin, that's great. Thanks a million for your time, and uh, we might get you on the show in the future as well. Yeah, not a problem. That's the view from the northwest. Uh, we're now joined by Simon Madden, uh, a star- stalwart with Shamrock Rovers, who had the fortune, I suppose, of playing with Ryan and having been part of that dressing room. How are you getting on, Simon? Yeah, not bad. Not bad not. Simon, you weren't from Derry, um, but I guess playing with Ryan McBride, it was fairly obvious where he was from. Yeah, you could see only four stays up there. I seen this fella coming in, and Ryan, just a, just a great player. And a, a great trainer and a great lad around his neck now. Was it very helpful to have him in the back four in which you were playing as well? Yeah, he was a leader. He was a leader. Um, he, he was a young lad and I was training with him as well. And he just hated losing. You could see that in the training session and then bring it into the match. He was just a, just a warrior. Like. 
you've played with plenty of centre backs, obviously. What were his main attributes? And apart from the fact that he was a leader, he wasn't a bad player. Yeah, he's a great player. I think it was probably his will to win. Um, he hated losing and playing for his local team as well, Derry. He just hated when Derry lost, and he was great yeah, heading the ball and he's great in defending the box, but also scoring goals on the other end as well. He was um, a great weapon. I mean, Simon, you were part of the team that, that won the cup in 2012. I think Ryan was a, a sub at that stage. I guess he was the, quite a young player, just as uh, from teammate almost then to opponent now. Have you had you sort of seen him evolve as a player over the last sort of five years since since that time? Yeah, definitely. You can see he brought uh, maturity into his game. He he probably sent off a few times just for that will to win. Obviously, in games he'd uh, he'd always be annoyed when we were losing, but. His last couple of years now, he's really come on as a defender. He was brilliant. And obviously played against him 10 days ago and he scored the winner against us. But yeah, he was just a leader of that team and great lad overall. I mean, we, we have been speaking to some uh, some people on the show already. Simon mentioned that, that competitive spirit that Ryan has, even I think in training and in meaningless games. Was that a feature of it? That sort of desire, that will to win? It wasn't just in games. It was, it was how he went about his business every day, it seemed. Yeah, definitely. You always come across a few players that you play against in training and you know not to tackle or, or be in You steer clear so, of him. You steer clear yeah, of him. Yeah, that's there. You always want to be on his team. But I remember a few times in training, like you, you obviously want to win the ball, you get the ball, but it doesn't matter who it was, you, you go through you to win that ball. And um, he's a fair lad and he just wanted to win. That's what Ryan was all about. You always wanted to win and had a great attitude in training and matches. I guess the shocking thing as well is just it's it's so so soon after he got that goal against Rovers and um, and it was a kind of a typical you know goal from Ryan I suppose in the sense that the ball broke and he just kind of blasted it into the back of the net got a massive three points for Derry and celebrated it accordingly and all of a sudden then you know he's gone and uh, what was the reaction like I suppose the Shamrock Rovers squad? Pure shock, like everybody else. I think um, I was actually in the cinema the Sunday night and. I see him, we have a WhatsApp group on the team and somebody put it up and I just couldn't believe it. it was, I was with my wife at the time and she, she met him as well when we were up there and just could not believe it. Like it was hard to take and even going in on the Monday talking to the lads after the squad. They, they playing against him 10, 10, 10 days ago, I think it was 11 days ago. They, they find it hard to believe and come come to terms with it now, it's still hard. It's 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 something that's going to be very difficult, I guess, for for Derry players to you know recover from because they are professionals. But he was their mate, and you know, I guess I guess from your perspective, you can relate to that in the sense that they have to get on with football. But and obviously Roy Keane spoke about that during the week. But it can't be easy to to focus on something that ultimately seems so trivial now. Yeah, I can only imagine the players. I know a lot of lads up there from my time and. I can't imagine what they're thinking. I don't know how I'd take it if somebody off my team happened to them, but the one thing about Derry, it is, it is a tight-knit uh, town, a uh, tight-knit uh, club. I think if any club can get through it, it's them, because my time up there, they were brilliant to deal with. They had the right people there, and I think that'll only make them stronger. And and um, hopefully the players and they can do a uh, really proud this year. We must wish you the very best of luck, uh, Simon Rovers v Pats on Saturday, and thanks for taking the call. Thanks, no Simon. problem at all. Thanks very much. Cheers, lad. Thank you. Kevin, it's, it's, 
it's just, I guess, you know, you, you talk to players and there was the footage of the, the Derry players on Soccer Republic on Monday night. And for, for these guys, many of whom have gone through the, the horror of what happened, you know, in the last year, we had Bon Crana, Josh Daniels losing members of his family. We had Mark Farron and all of this now. And it's, it's just going to test them so much and for, for them to keep coming back and play football. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, like if anybody has ever experienced a sudden death, be it in the workplace or somebody you went to school with, all that type of stuff, you're just numb for a while. Like, there's just, there's no way around that. And Sean Barrett spoke about during the week, like, the, the age profile of that team is so, so young. Like, there are so many players, you know, 20, 21 on it. You know, you're going to need somebody to probably step up and try where is possible. Like, nobody's ever going to replace him, but be someone that people can rally around. You're going to have to probably look at people like Jared Doherty or Rory Patterson, who are the more senior people on that team. Kenny Shields, unfortunately, has some previous experience of dealing with this type of stuff. He had a player whose father passed away in the stands during the one of the cup finals in Scotland. You know, but no experience is the same. There's, you know, every individual is different. And it probably won't be until maybe six games down the line, 12 games down the line that, you know, Derry are losing at half time. And he's not there. He's not there. And you're, you're looking for that voice or, you know, maybe Dean Jarvis is looking inside him and say, like, well, where do I play this ball or who am I marking? Like, it's those very, very, you know, simple things. And I think it's true in all of our lives. If you, if somebody passes away, it's, it's not the days or the moments after. And, and Kevin spoke very movingly there about all the stuff around the house. Like that wave of emotion will get you going for so long, but you probably need to think about like, where are my support structures in the, in the long term for that? And Dan, we, we spoke about Kenny Shields, you know, what he's brought to the league, but his interview on Soccer Republic was a measure of the man. He, he, he he's, I think he said he never gave 99% and you could feel that it was really, really hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, like, you know, very raw. And, and you know, he, he sort of, as as Kevin mentioned, like he sort of has previous at Kilmarnock and been through sort of a, sort of a harrowing experience like that. And, and how in some way, like, you know, this is one of these debates, you know, of course sport is, is you know, trivial compared to something like this, but in, in some ways sport can be very important too because it can it can be that method of sort of, you know, galvanizing people and, and giving them a focus and, and trying to move on because, you know, in someone like Ryan McBride, like, he would never have considered playing for Derry to be trivial in any way. You know, you say that, you know, sport, it, it doesn't matter. And of course it doesn't. We all we all know that. Um, but actually, maybe that focus of getting back on the, the training pitch next week or when, whenever it is, it probably will be next week, that, you know, if you think about someone you're trying to emulate and someone who would want them to go and do that, I think he is the, you know, you have that inspiration there in, in, in Ryan, you know, in, in terms of how he approached it and, and how actually that shirt meant so much to him you know before you go Kevin the the reaction of other clubs has been amazing clubs as far as Arsenal and Celtic Northern Ireland are going to have a minute's applause prior to the Norway game and the, the GoFundMe page as we speak is upwards on 11 and a half grand I guess you have to look at the positives of of human decency from what is you know something that is devastatingly hard to deal with for everyone yeah I say it's just it's the community aspect and Sean Barra talked about it like Derry not unlike any other regional club, like the, the club can be a real focal point for the city and the people have really rallied around it. You know, th there's other factors going into it. There's two other young lads have gone missing in the river recently. So there's a lot of acute grief around it. And right now it just feels like something else is being piled on top of that. But I think Kevin spoke a lot about dairy. Like the dairy fans are starting to rally around. People are starting to, you know, just have those conversations and even just think about, you know, just talk to your loved ones, just, you know, 
really, really love for the day that you guys have because if we've been sitting having this podcast, you know, if I'd come in after Dundalk game, which I know yeah. you're up at Dan, and like Ryan's down injured five minutes before he gets a knock on his ankle, he gets back up, he goes up for that corner, Derry won a second one two minutes later, and then he scores. Yeah, you know, and for that just to be gone so quickly. People just need to take some time to process he, that. He personified the performance that yeah. night in many ways. I mean, is there a game, a moment you think of, when you think of Ryan McBride, is there a, so a there's tackle? A, or a there's a couple, the Cork tackle. Yeah, there's a couple for me. Like, I think um, I'll be very lucky that, like, the Dundalk game when he scored the third, he was literally celebrating 10 foot away from me and my dad. And, like, I've been on the matches for 30 years in the faller. So I'll remember that, just that emotion in his face of scoring to beat Dundalk in the 1-3-1. The other moment which stands out for me is um, Derry drew Trabzonspor in the Europa League and we travelled out there for the first leg. And, you know, the, the day before you match, you go to the stadium, you do a walk around, you do a press yeah. conference, all that type of stuff. So we're walking around. So this is 2012. After the 2013, we'd won the Cup in 2012. Ryan's two years on at this point. He's walking around Trabzonspor. It's like, we've made it here. We've <laughs> really made it. And like to see him walking around and just being like, I'm part of this. And you're thinking that's somebody that three years before was playing junior football. That's how I remember him as like a guy that loved his dream. Heartbreak that that dream was taken away from. But how many of us get to love our dream and he got to love his dream. Kevin, thanks so much for coming in. We really um, appreciated your input. And uh, we let you off to your, your home city for the funeral. Thanks, lads. Thanks, Kevin. It's hard to say that football must go on, but it must go on. And we have Cork City versus Dundalk in the biggest game of the season, which is live on RTE on Saturday. And we are very privileged to be joined by John Caulfield, the Cork City manager. How are you getting on, John? Hi, lads. How are you doing? I guess you can relate to what we were talking about earlier, that from Cove Ramblers to Finn Harps to Galway United to Shamrock Rovers, this news of Ryan McBride has really hit everybody hard across the League of Ireland. Absolutely, I suppose, because... Um he was such a strong player and the captain of Derry, you know, and they had such a great start to the season. And, you know, I suppose Ryan has scored a couple of goals. But I think the main thing is that, um, you know, every manager in this league would want to Ryan, Ryan McBride in their team. And I suppose his leadership qualities, his toughness, you know, a lot of people have said about being a warrior. And I suppose everything good about our own game, that was Ryan McBride. And I suppose in the circumstances, it's just hard to... Um, you know, you know the fact that at 27 he's gone, and obviously I have Conor McCormick and Stephen Dooley down with me, who would have played with him as well, so they'd have known him. So, but overall, I just think for the players' point of view and our own players, you know, everyone can connect with that. You know, at an age and such a strong player, so it's just um, I suppose hard to get get your head around it really. If there were ever a player that I think would suit a, a John Caulfield's team, it would have been him because he epitomised the heart that you try to, you know, inculcate in all your players. And uh, I suppose I don't think he would have joined Cork City, but I, you wouldn't have turned down having him in your back four, I would have thought. Absolutely not. And, you know, I, I keep saying this, you know, in the modern era, you know, it's hard to gauge, but, you know, players move around a bit. And, you know, I think when you look at, you look at it, you look at um, players that play with one club and, you know, Ryan McBride, beside the Brandywell, very silly lad. And, you know, I suppose, you know, like all, like, like lads in Cork, you wanted to play with their own club and, you know, they're from here and, you know, no difference in Ryan. And, um, you know, while I'd have been delighted to have him down here, I know for a fact that he always wanted to play with Derry. He's quoted saying that and um, he played that way. And I suppose, you know, I suppose the only compliment for him is that, you know, the last five or six seasons for them, he's been outstanding and, um, Everyone knows that he was very true and true and fair play to him and uh, he was a tremendous player for them. Yeah, I mean, John, I know like the 
you know, football's importance in the grand scheme of things. It, it's minor this week. But, I mean, for the likes of Connor McCormick and Stephen who played with him, have, I suppose it's a difficult week for him for them in terms of having their mind in their game. Or I mean, how, how have they been? Yeah, well, to be honest, there's a few more tomorrow. The lads have gone up. And, but I suppose, to be fair to everyone in the league, a lot of lads who would have played with Derry would have had the connection. And, um, you know, I suppose outside of playing with them, you know, so many players played against them. So at the end of the day, you know, when you look at it, a captain of, of Derry, probably the best player. So instrumental, um, 27 years of age. You know, it's hard to it's hard to, to figure it out. I suppose when you get to, um, you know, an age that I'm at, I suppose you're looking back and saying that, you know, while everyone thinks football is life and death, there's way more things outside of that. And, um, you know, this week has put everything into perspective. So, you know, I suppose it's, it's difficult and it's probably most difficult for everyone up in Derry. But, um, you know, they're a fantastic club, great people. And, um, you know, while it's it's a tragic occasion for them, but I'm sure that they'll, um, you know, they'll, they'll bounce back. Um, so John, I mean, as I said, it's in you know you spoke very well there about the, the broader picture, but I suppose you do have to just focus on the game on, on Saturday, um, and it's it's going to be quite a, you know quite a big game. It's the the rivalry that sort of captured the league over the past three seasons, and you've got you know a hundred percent record in the league this season. How how are things in the camp going into such a big game? Yeah, well, it's, you know, as I said, like we have a couple of lads who were with Derry. Obviously, um, you know, Dundalk, to be fair, you know, Stephen was the manager up there for a number, number of years and they had a few players who were also there. So I suppose from both points of view, it, it, you know, it's, you know, there's the emotional side of it. But at the same time, um, you know, when it gets to Saturday at three o'clock, you know, Dundalk are going for four in a row. We've been the team that's been closest to them for the last couple of years. And, um, you know, we obviously are better than we, we, were, we were last year, we feel. So I think, you know, being at home in a full house, you know, I think the atmosphere will be incredible. But at the end of the day, I suppose, you know, we know what happened at the start of the week. So as I keep saying, you know, you know, the game will move on on Saturday and the occasion will be good. But, you know, at the same time, I think before the match, everyone will recognise what happened earlier in the week and what a tragic event it was. So it's a bit of a balancing act, really. And and I suppose that's really it. And, you know, you have to acknowledge what happened. You have to talk to players and deal with Ryan's situation and um, move on to Saturday then to a, a massive match. So, you know, it's, um, I suppose, just dealing with reality, really. And uh, you, you make a very good point there that the atmosphere will, will just be, be, be almost like an abstract, that it'll, it'll, it'll almost take over. Um, you're dealing with another Derry guy on the pitch in Patrick McElhenney. And Dan and I were both at the Dundalk uh, Pats game on... Saturday and we, we just couldn't wait for the game now it was obviously all superseded by what happened since but it, it could be one hell of an advertisement for the League of Ireland I was thinking in the last number of years and I keep saying this the standard of our league has been phenomenal you know when you look at the European situations where how, how great Dundalk did last year you know the team that we, we, we that beat us in the third round during the last eight of the Europa League um, despite the fact that they've sold three players for 33 million so you know, I, I keep saying this, that, you know, we need to keep promoting the market in our league and compare it to yourself and other, other media that give us great coverage. But the standard is phenomenal. And you look at um, you know, Patrick McElhinney, you know, he was at Man United 16. He's come back. He's at 24, 25 years of age. He's at the majority stage. And, you know, he's just coming into his prime. And, you know, but there are fantastic players in the league. And, 
fantastic players with the top team. If only to look at Daryl Horgan and Andy Boyle, that they've gone straight into Preston and they've done fantastic. So, you know, I keep saying that, you know, we look at Sean Maguire with us, with phenomenal players there. So I've no doubt that Saturday the, the atmosphere will be red hot and, you know, Turner's Cross will be packed and it'll be a fantastic atmosphere there. And as I said, it's early in the season, a long way to go, but, you know, it's indications of, you know, the two teams, top, two top teams for the last two years battling it out. And um, you know, I think, again, it'll be a fantastic game. The very best of luck on Saturday, John, and thank you so million for your time. Great, thanks, thanks. thanks, John. And I did a, I did talk about it there at the game on Saturday. Um, you were saying how much you were looking forward to. I, I'd say it was like the most you look forward to a League of Ireland game uh, in a long, long time. Now, obviously, the week has kind of been it's it's taken everything into a completely different stratosphere, really. But you're you're looking back on the limited highlights that Soccer Republic did because it was a tribute to Ryan and we saw very the well goals, done wasn't it said, extremely well done and the, the sort of the, the scope of the you know the scope of the reaction and getting that cross section of a comment from managers around the league I think in, in a very short space yeah of time. I think it's very it's very important to to recognize that but I, I think yeah it is you know we're very conscious of what we're saying here and it is um and I think in fairness to John I think you have it sort of and also for pointing out the the fact that I think for you know the Dundalk camp it would be very difficult I suppose in the sense that you know Stephen obviously knows him well Stephen Kenny but also you know Patrick McElhenney and Michael Duffy would have practically grown up with him I suppose in a, in a football context and um but you know people can react to things and, and try and use it as as some kind of inspiration and I I gather it's going to be very sensitively done on on both the Ireland-Wales game on Friday should be mentioned and James McLean's gesture wearing number five and so on. Um, but also, I think, you know, around the game on Saturday, there's been talk of sort of fans doing something and I'm, and I'm sure that they will. Um, but I guess, you know, you talk about celebrating the league and you know, sorry, celebrating Ryan McBride and, and also celebrating the league. I suppose this is a game that can highlight what's good as well, that you have a really intense rivalry between Cork and Dock, a fantastic rivalry, something that's really developed over the past few years and is something that we can really sell and be proud of and I mean you've seen players from that come together this week I suppose sharing grief but also when the game comes we know that the sort of professionalism that's there um, and the sort of sheer competitiveness between the teams it, it should be an occasion to savour I mean I guess and, and it will be you it's know, hard we, to predict in a way it's yeah. very hard to predict I mean I think in you know you talk about you know outstanding talents in the league you've got Sean Maguire on one side who um is is raising the bar you've got Patrick McElhenney on the other who's doing it too just in slightly different ways and um, you know the thrills and sort of spills of McElhenney and that, that outrageous goal against St Pats last week Maguire just the sheer efficiency of his goal scoring now and and I think with this Cork team learning how to win I think there's been several games this season where they've taken three points where in previous years they might have taken one mm. or or none and and uh, okay I don't think they've wowed people in terms of how they've played in some of those games and I wasn't at the Shamrock Rovers Cork game and you know from speaking to people who were there they felt that maybe Cork were slightly fortunate and um, but really every team that wins the league has fortunate wins in the course of the season. The Dock have had it, you know, in the last three years and any team has, has had those moments. I think the sheer momentum of beating a rival as Rovers will be considered um, and, and going away and winning there, I think that says something about where they're at. And the Dock, um, we saw them against some Pats. How much was it a case of Pats being the team that they are at the moment? Uh, or was it... And, and it was unfortunate in a sense that uh, the highlights were so 
short because some of the things Dundalk did, uh, some of the passes from McElhinney and Benson and some of their movement was utterly exceptional, I thought. Yeah, they're, look, they're very good on full flow. Yeah, maybe Pats made it easy for them at times. They competed reasonably well in the first half. I think once they can see that they were draining the confidence, I think they won't have that um, that space maybe on, on Saturday. I think Greg Bulger seems to be out of the game. I think in, in terms of McElhinney, that's significant because he's now very comfortable in that area, that number 10 role. And whether it's McCormick or uh, Morrissey or even Dunleavy, I'm not sure how they're going to try and cope with that threat. But the flip side is the President's Cup to start of the year. And, you know, Paddy Barrett and Brian Gartland were stretched a bit at times by, by Cork and, and Maguire. And maybe they needed a bit of protection as well. How do you call it? God, it's it's intensely difficult to call. Um, I, Draw. I, 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 that's what you say when you don't have a firm opinion either way. I think I I I think the knocker, you know, the three points behind. They can't afford to go six behind. I don't think teams are going to drop points. So ah, I think it's too early for that. Time, well, well, I just think the efficiency with which they're beating teams. I don't know. I think six, but the knock have actually in recent years have been quite effective at getting the gap early in the season and I think I think they're very cognizant of that and Stephen Kenny's words last week were very much uh, you know fight and talk in the sense that people are saying the league's been close the last two years actually we won the league by 11 points and 7 points and um, I think a couple of defeats be it in the Cup and the President's Cup I just got the sense that they've got a real point to prove going into this game and um, either way it's going to be a, it's going to be a fantastic game and um, Know, full house and full a, lot, house, a lot of emotion. Full house, a lot of emotion. Um, I think people are aware of you know the you know what's important. And, and the they'll want they'll want a game of football as well. You know to to get to get football on the pitch and to should be enjoy what the it league should is be a about. cracking game. And you know next week we'll we'll be back. We'll be talking about more football matters next week. We'll, we'll get not, back not, to you know we have to get back to it mm. without forgetting what's. You know what's happened, and I mean, I think that that emotion is going to hang over the rest of the Derry season because they have to get back to it too. But you know, yeah, I think I think the the release for people the games this weekend will be something that you know I suppose cherish I, what you have. Kevin made some very good points as well about how young this Derry team is and how this thing can hit you long after the event. That and they they will have to get together as a squad under Kenny Shields and rally around each other and. Just from everyone at LOI Weekly uh, to the family of Ryan and to everyone who had the privilege of knowing him, to all the people from the fantastic place that Derry City is, um, we just wish our strongest condolences at, at what is an awful difficult time. And we just hope that we've given something uh, in terms of his memory. And, you know, I think he will develop into a, a posthumous League of Ireland icon, really, because he was everything that, you know, this league is is so good about the other games this week um just to mention dublin derby richmond park on saturday pats and rovers uh which will be very interesting with the northwest derby of finn harps and sligo rovers galway united were in the process of preparing um a, a, a match program actually dedicated to ryan and we weren't sure the game would go ahead um and there was a great sense of we'll do whatever derry city wanted us to do and um, that game was called off. So that game will be played as, at another time. Cork City versus Dundalk is at 3 o'clock. And at the Carlisle Grounds at 7.30, uh, Bray Wanderers versus Limerick. At earlier than that, uh, 5.30, Dundalk, or rather Drogheda uh, v Bowes. And just to quickly mention the first vision fixtures at Lone v Shelburne, Cabo v Cove Ramblers, UCD v Longford Town, and Waterford v Wexford. You can join us on uh, Twitter at, at LOI Weekly, and we're on uh, we're on SoundCloud, and we're obviously on iTunes. And um, we will see you next week for what will be a more conventional show. 
and thank you very much for listening.